This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Open your heart to the truth of divine love. You are loved right here, right now. Breathe in that truth and smile. Your awareness will expand as you consider how the money tree stays grounded. You have a voice inside that can guide, teach, and create with you, if you would only listen. Step into your own powers to create wealth, dancing with divine love as your partner. Catherine. Valeria interviews Katherine Erickson. She is the author of The Money Tree, Transform Scarcity Thinking to Empowered Wealth Consciousness. As an attorney, mindfulness teacher, and empowered wealth expert, Katherine discovered a simple truth. Whenever she listened to the messages from her mind, she always made different choices than when she listened to the music of her heart. Mind messages lead you down a path of believing in lack, limitation, and fear. Heart music opens up your world where you are a powerful creator and explorer of all things good. That's why Catherine created Empowered Way Coaching. She helps women entrepreneurs who have lost sight of their authentic selves in their business and in their money relationship. One-on-one coaching programs focus on the feminine side of money and identifying sacred money archetypes. As women connect to that essential realization that they are worthy, loved, and divinely held, they step into their power to transform. Meet Catherine at empoweredway.com. Here's the interview with Catherine Erickson. In your own words, who is Katherine Erickson? Oh, if I had answered that question 20 years ago or even 10 years ago, it would have been a completely different answer. Back then, I was a wife and mother. I was a, I had a professional career as a lawyer. Um, I was striving and wanting. <laughs> but I had a transformation and decided, came to the decision to live from the inside out to live from my beingness and then show up in my humanness. And that made all the difference. So who am I now? (laughs) I'm a spiritual being living as this person known as Katherine Erickson. Wow. Ah, What's not to love about that? (laughs) (laughs) So what inspired you to make this transition, Katherine? I ran into something that many women um, or some women do experience. I could never get pregnant. We went to all these different doctors, had tests done, et cetera, et cetera. 
And it was that fighting that reality that I finally just had to say, I give up. You know, God, I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't hear any answers from you. I surrender. And it was in that moment of surrender that I found my peace. And from that peace, it it became clear that we could adopt as opposed to keep trying with the infertility. And it was as if I had placed so much of my faith on science and then shifted to God. And, and that shift is what I'm still exploring and experiencing now. That's a powerful message about surrender. It's not just a message, but it's real. Once we surrender, let go, then it feels like magic happens. So why is that such a great challenge for, for all of us human beings, or most of us, to surrender? To surrender. Well, yeah. for I can speak from my own personal experience. It's when I when I thought I was in control and my actions in the world, my doingness, you know, going to all these different doctors, you know, whatever it was, that that was going to change it, as opposed to perhaps I wasn't supposed to become pregnant. I was just supposed to be a mom. And when I saw that possibility, that opened up everything. And I have to tell you that the adoption route was perfect for us. We learned so much. That's an entirely different conversation. <laughs> yes. But here we are. We have this beautiful daughter. She's now an adult, about to get married. I mean, she's who was supposed to be with us. And it all worked out the way it should. And it was that acceptance and allowance with love that allowed this beautiful family to form. And we're still very close to her. She's an adult living in a different city, but there's still that connection. And I truly believe she chose us. My husband and I were married for 19 years before she came into our life. So we were pretty established. And we were both attorneys. So we're, you know, very logical, linear. And then they handed me this baby. (laughs) And it was very much of a, um, what am I supposed to do now? (laughs) Right. So the the whole um, God has been present through that whole journey. Mm. Wow, how beautiful. There's something that um, I heard before. I think somebody said that a long time ago, it must have been 10 years or more, and all of a sudden just came to me about two years ago in a powerful way, in a sense of um, embodying that message, that what is supposed to happen will happen, and what is not supposed to happen will not happen, no matter what we try to do. So that resonates true to this day, and kind of you reminded me of that message again today. Well, and that Mm. to me is faith. That to me is saying, you know, to God or divine love and or, you know, the higher power that you realize that you as a human don't know enough, but we're human beings. And it's that being part, that spirituality aspect that when you dive into that and enliven that in your life, then what is supposed to happen will happen. (laughs) And, and so you can think of that almost as surrender because we don't have control mm-hmm. over the spiritual part, over right. the being part. Yes. So I don't know if that answered your question, but that's what came up for me. Yes, yeah, it does. It, it's stepping into the um, that possibilities. You, you just, 
mentioned that before. That has a lot to do with the topic of today's conversation, abundance. So he wrote the book, The Money Tree, Transforming Scarcity, Thinking to Empowered Wealth Consciousness. It kind of, um, they come together, this idea of shifting our attention to when something's not working, to something that could work. And that is, to me, tapping into abundance, because that's what life, really, a consciousness is. It's limitless. So that makes a lot of sense, uh, that shift, which is not easy for most of us uh, from the conditioned body-mind. It takes work and effort to, because of fear and all that. But what a beautiful thing. Uh, I was about to ask about God and spirituality. You mentioned God. Uh, I usually don't use the word God as often because of the, um, all the ideas that we carry, God being this entity outside of ourselves. So talk to me for a moment about your idea of understanding spirituality and God. Well, to me, spirituality is the awareness of my internal and external world, okay? And that's that's a consciousness. So when I talk about the inner world, that's meditation, mindfulness, it's being still, it's listening, and it's the ability to communicate with that greater force, that higher power. I, I call it God or divine love. It has both masculine and feminine qualities, you know, it, it, the all that is all. And when I started this work as a money coach, I realized that's what was missing for a lot of people, especially women, that spiritual aspect that we can create abundance on the inside and be abundant without anything on the external world confirming that. And that's a, that's a difficult concept for a lot of people to see, especially if they're still living from their ego consciousness, because you don't need ego to do that. <laughs> and so it's kind of the, uh, you know, when you live from ego consciousness, that's when fear takes over. That's when judgment, greed, comparison, you know, all of the isms, ageism, racism, et cetera, because you're saying yes to this, no to that. It's the duality of the world. But but when you're in um, divine love consciousness or empowered way consciousness, it's all one. And you feel connected to the higher power and the higher power comes through you. So if I could tell a very quick story to illustrate this, this kind of will bring it home. We were uh, in Hawaii and we took one of those sightseeing boats and we were out on the ocean following the coastline and, you know, you're seeing this magnificent scenery. But it was a kind of a choppy day. The wind was up and the waves, so we didn't get to go uh, snorkeling. So the, the captain was just taking us along the coastline. And I decided to walk up to the front of the boat and they have what's called a flybridge. And it's just a very narrow platform that sticks out in front of the boat and it has rails. And I was out there on, you know, just feeling the wind and the waves and the ocean and just everything. And for some reason, I just opened up and I asked God what I normally ask in that situation, which is, please let me be more like you. And before I, in the past, whenever I asked that question, it would always just be silence. It would, I would just, and I'd go on and okay, fine. Oh, yes. Well, this time, standing on that flybridge, yeah. I got an answer. 
Mm. And that answer was, please let me be more like you. This was God saying, please right. let me bore, be more like you. Right. And I mean, I almost fell off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I can imagine. <laughs> and, and right after, of course, I said yes. And then I started saying, well, do yeah. you see this? And do you feel that? And do you smell the, the ocean? And, you know, just kind of playing a game. And then all of a sudden I hear this chirping. And it's a school of dolphins leading the boat almost celebrating me. I mean, I just, it was just one of those magical moments. So when you say yes to allowing this divine love, this higher power God to flow through you, that is being first. And I define being, and it's in the book, as born to experience the infinite nature of God, B-E-I-N-G. So I believe that's who we are. We are born to experience and also express and embody the infinite nature of God. And when you live from that place, you have no fear. You have no doubts because you know you are worthy and you're here for a reason. This is a beautiful message for all of us who have not come across this understanding. And for me, it's a reminder. And also a question comes to mind because it's been my journey per se, the ego, the conditioned mind-body, the separated self. Is that a practice? Would you say that being is a practice for the rest of our existence here? Or it's that understanding, that deep understanding in the moment in time that stays with us forever? I'd love to understand that from you a bit more because I have been doing a lot of practicing to kind of stay in this uh, realm, per se. Right. And the word practice can be a trigger for people. Um, it, it, it requires discipline. It requires commitment. Um, I see being as a way of life. And you can create whatever you want in your life on the inside first with that vibration, with that experience, because everything is energy. And as you create with this loving, expansive, infinite energy, you'll know what to do. So I see this as the world, the ego teaches us to do, have, be do first, then you'll have it, and then you'll be happy. And I I lived that way for many years. What I'm saying is to be, let that inform your doing, and then whatever you have is what you have, but you've already satisfied and found meaning in the beingness. That makes so much sense because then we come to this understanding that we are already fulfillment. We are already peace itself, love itself, abundance itself. So there's nothing to be added. We are not trying to add anything anymore. Yeah, that's one of the most profound messages that I have come across. And thank you for saying that again. Yes. And I have a saying that I use with my clients, wealth is being human. And the wealth, the word wealth, um, I don't know if you know this, but it comes from an old English word, wheel, and it's spelled two different ways, W-E-A-L or W-E-L-E. And Back when the old English word wheel was used, it meant well-being. And we've lost that. We've, you know, restricted the word wealth to very narrow monetary. And it means your well-being, your mind, emotion, body, and spirit. 
And so with that, that flows into the whole being human. So that's why I tell my clients, remember to, you know, that wealth is being human. Yes, I came across this definition after I had the podcast name came to me, the title, A Quest for Wellbeing. Mm-hmm. And then I, because I'm always curious to know what's the, uh, the meaning of, the inspiration comes and then I want to know why. Fit for Joy is the first one. And then, I mean, I had so many other insights before, but that a quest for well-being, then I researched and I found that too, right? Wealth, which well-being, wealth is the same thing. Yes, and I was going to compliment you on your um, quest for well-being. I love that phrase. And that you see, even the, the title of the of the podcast, a quest, it, it implies this constant search or research. Or I'm very curious, so that's how I actually see it. It's almost an, an exploration of the inner world and Although we can't realize the truth in a moment in time, in a glimpse, and then that's it. I'm already what I'm looking for. But then there's the rest of it. (laughs) It doesn't disappear. The body doesn't disappear. We're still here. And that's the reason, a quest for well-being, because Mm -hmm. it's a constant kind of remembrance of what we are or really what we are, what I am, so which it's not different from what you are. So that's um, in this work that I do connected with so many people, it kind of brings that to life. Yes. And your work is beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's so much work. But then it kind of every time I talk to somebody like yourself, I'm reminded why I'm doing this. <laughs> and enjoy kind of rises and that peace, sense of peace and love. It's the most beautiful thing. So thank you for your presence here today, Catherine. So let me ask you another question opening. I have too many questions here for the, for the opening questions, but let me ask you this one. What is your idea of freedom? When everything it's said and done, we're about to lose the body. What would you say freedom was or would that definition of freedom arise in that moment or you already have an idea now? Ooh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, to me, freedom while I'm in this body is the freedom of choice. I have a choice in every moment, whether I'm going to create from love or fear. And I've created from fear for many years, and I know, you know, what that feels like. I know what it does to me and how I interact with other people. And now for this latter half of my life, my goal is to create from love and to be love and to be presence. And I love that word presence, by the way. Um, it's it's so powerful and it has such an element of spirituality and connection to these other dimensions, to these other possibilities and the the universe. So if you feel my presence now, then I have been free to show that. I've been vulnerable to show that and share that. Mm, yes, <laughs> very much <laughs> has been felt, is being felt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for allowing him being open to life or to existence itself as something that exists. Yeah, I w- wanted to ask you before, you work with women. Why women only? Do you also work with men? I must ask. No, I decided to focus on women because I know from my own experience how much I struggled with money and creating wealth. 
And I realized that we are, especially in the United States, we live and work in a system that was designed by men and it tends to accent men's strengths and uh, highlight women's weaknesses. And what I mean by that, um, if you think about the banking system, you think about how we work, you know, have so many hours a week to make money to pay the bills. It's all very linear. It's very goal-driven and it's quantifiable, right? So that goes back to that very narrow addition of, of wealth, definition of wealth that I was talking about. And I realized there was so much more to that than that, excuse me. So there's this whole other way to be with money. And that's when I discovered uh, sacred money archetypes and I became certified in that system and I have since added so much more to it. But it's a way for women to see who they are with money and then to to change the things that aren't working from the inside out. So I combine meditation, journaling, and one-on-one coaching while we move through these eight weeks of very experiential visualizations. And it's a transformative process. And it, because I firmly believe women who are wealthy in terms of their entire well-being, mm. when enough women are in that state, have that consciousness, yeah. that's when the world will change. Yes. Do you feel that this change has begun since 2020? It, it seems like it, right? Absolutely. But, yeah. So it's an internal kind of uh, this inner change because the outside it is changing too I see but it's still driven by the male energy I see with my husband he thinks completely different than I do and now it it feels like he's shifting but it's still very grounded on doing first and then doing to become <laughs> and you know what somebody said to me on the podcast Ruth her name is uh, she said Women don't see themselves as objects. Men do. And that's why they treat everything as objects. It's easier for them to navigate, operate within this reality. Mm. So does it make sense to you, Catherine, this idea? That does. That makes so much sense. So I haven't told you this. I have a twin brother. Oh, you do? <laughs> I do. Wow. <laughs> and so we both went to law school. You know, he did his career. I did my career. And just seeing how he approached things, um, yeah, I would agree. And that's when I really, it really brought home to me that men and women have totally different perspectives of the world and of their reality. And I would agree, men tend to treat things as objects, which explains their quest for more, this, this whole success-driven behavior. And women do that too, but I, don't, I can't speak for anyone else but myself, but it never felt natural. And I wanted to find a natural, intuitive way to be abundant as opposed to trying to do it like a man. I don't think I ever felt like an object since I was very little that never really it was always very much into the intuitive world and out there everything <laughs> but it's I see that more than ever that um, men this they, they do see themselves said I mean I, I just observe my husband and I see how like you did with your brother you just looking at him the way they behave it's sad in a way isn't it and I don't know if we can try to change that but just 
What I, I try to do is I, when I see him act and behave in the way he does with, from that perspective, I always ask myself, what am I to see? What am I to see here? What am I supposed to see in this situation? Because there's something, it, he's showing me something. It's almost as a mirror. So, yes. Yeah. So that's what uh, my exercise for that. <laughs> Do you have yes. one too? <laughs> I love that. That's, that's fabulous. Another thing I would add about women, women tend to see relationships and connections and patterns. And so if that's what I coach my clients with, because once you start seeing why you're spending something or, you know, what prompted you to go buy that, you can start to change it. Uh, It's the awareness of your behavior, again, elevating your consciousness to a a more of a, um, I don't, I'm buying that, seeing yourself as buying something because of an emotional need, you're trying to fill a, a sense of lack in yourself. But if you already are abundant, you don't need that. And mm-hmm. it does. It just falls away. Right. It's so true. Yeah, that's another conversation I had with somebody else. And I remember saying that, that I woke up that day, I remember, <laughs> kind of um, observing everything, the way it was buying things. And it, it became so much, it kind of lessened the buying once I, exactly when I, I shifted, the mind shifted, or the, the being. It was more being than doing. And then that. Now it's, um, hmm. I'm still like very much uh, pay attention to everything. Is this also a lifetime practice, would you say, Catherine? It's something oh. that we must be aware of all the time. Of course, yeah. yes, in every moment. And one other thing I would add, um, when you're in your kind of mind or ego consciousness, your mind will always either go to the past to search out your past experience and see how it applies to the current situation, or it projects into the future. And when you're in that type of consciousness, you're not aware or observant of who you really are. It's only when you can bring yourself back to the present moment that your presence will appear and be felt and seen. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's so, so true. It feels really good even to listen to you. Like it's a beautiful reminder because a lot of times we're concerned even with um, remembering things for the sake of um, kind of showing as as an example the, the it's really not a an easy thing. It's an interesting practice because uh, we know it's not easy to be present all the time. So that's why meditation is such a, a beautiful exercise. That's um, part of your work I know I read too. And that's such a beautiful thing that you're doing, Catherine. It's, uh, again, as I said, off record, most of us women and especially in the spiritual field, we have this kind of um, conflict <laughs> mm-hmm. um, between money and doing the work we do. We, we always try, if we could, we'll do it for free because it in a way feels better. So is that something that you have experienced in the sense of it feels better to give than to receive, which is, I know it doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's how I felt too. Right. No, um, I think women are trained that way. We're trained from a very early age to be the helper, to be the, you know, one to um, support and give encouragement. So I think it all comes from that. 
What I would say to a woman who is struggling with that conflict of I'm spiritual, I have my business, but I really don't want to charge that much, is to step back and who are you in your business? You know, set aside all the external goals. Who are you being in your business? And then the second question is, what what do you think money is as you are being in your business? What does money serve? Because money is just energy. It's neutral energy, but it's reflective energy. So the the quality and depth of your consciousness, money will reflect that out in the external world. So if you have the belief that, oh, I'm spiritual, but I shouldn't make money, that's going to be reflected in the external world. If you can resolve that conflict internally, that no, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I will attract the people who are meant to be in my space and in my orbit and in my business, and the money will flow as it should. You see how that doesn't control anything. And you're working with the spiritual energy of money to flow through you out into the world. Yes. So it's allowing, kind of losing the grip on the control factor. Yes. I thought about the, um, I mean, for me has been the model, the, uh, I wanted to become a Buddhist nun before. And that was one of the reasons, because I loved the way that model, you see, it's a very ancient male model religious model where, well, they do make money, but it's donation and all that. So they are not really creating that direct exchange. So they are serving, let's say, God by doing what they do. And then people choose to help the organization or not. So that was something that resonated with me very much before. And then I remember talking to a Buddhist monk and he said, this is not for you. <laughs> like yeah. I had a different path. <laughs> so we all have different purposes, I think. And I remember he's also talking about karma. It depends on your karma, what mm-hmm. happens. So it's not really something that you choose. I love the your message about losing control, just giving yourself to life, because yes. then we are able to see clearly what we're supposed to be doing here. Yeah, no, it's it's a magical process. And it feels that way, very much feels that way. That trust, there's a sense of trust. Um, so, gosh, I'll talk to you forever. Talk to <laughs> me, your book, The Money Tree. Talk to me for a moment about that. What was the main intention? If there is one intention that you set from the very beginning, do you still have that intention today? Yes. Yeah, talk yes. to me about that. Um, I wrote this book in 2020 and 2021 because my coaching business just came to a halt and I had to do something. And I just saw so much fear around the pandemic and quarantine and people losing their jobs and what's going to happen. And, you know, just it was totally fear based. And I just wanted to give people, anyone, men, women, whoever picks up the book, the idea that money is not. It's not outside of us. It's inside of us. And it's really an expression of divine love. And that's what I, that's what I started. I said, what, what kind of book would I write if I was writing as if money were divine love? And that's what came out was the money tree. 
because everyone has this fan- fantasy of having a money tree in their backyard and all their needs would be taken care of. Yes. <laughs> right. So yeah. what, hap- what, what I kind of did was create a character in this uh, mystical book that, who became the money tree, but she didn't know what was money. She didn't know what a human, you know, she had to learn all of that. And it's through her journey that we also can see our own reflection and our own self-definitions that have been holding us back. Yes, and I love the name of the character, Flo. I know. That's a perfect name. <laughs> and then perfect. when I thought, I mean, I love <laughs> writing fiction. It's so much fun because you you just get these great ideas and you I feel the surge of energy when, you know, an idea drops in my head and, oh, that's great. And I felt that when I named the dog Rumi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What a perfect name, too. <laughs> I know. I know. And so... Just to let everyone know, the book is available on Amazon, either as Kindle or paperback, but there is a talking dog (laughs) and there's a talking tree and it's just all part of it. So it's fantasy. So take that for what you will. Right. That's another amazing message within your work is just not telling others what to do, (laughs) but just kind of inspiring them yes, to yes. explore their, their inner world. And see, we learn through stories. Yes. We, that's how we learn. So that's why I love writing these, I call it spiritual fiction, um, that you can see yourself in the character and then see what the transformation was and hopefully feel it and, and incorporate that for your own life. And let's see so many other messages it will most at the end. I want to mention... Um, some of the message in your book, I love when you say you have the natural ability to peacefully create abundant wealth. Yes. So that word peacefully caught my attention. And then, of course, Rumi, there's so many quotes from him that caught my attention to your own essence is your wealth. Yes. So he said that, which is so true. Goodbyes are only for those who love with their eyes, because for those who love with heart and soul, there is no such a thing as separation. This one, I could just uh, make a bed and stay there forever. (laughs) I know. About separation, because, yeah, there's nothing that's separated. It's just, that's the illusion, that's the identification with the external self. Exactly. Exactly. And I have to tell you, when I, f- I needed a really powerful quote to end the book, and it kept searching and searching. It had to be a quote from Rumi. And when I came across that quote, you know, it's that instant recognition. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that was and, it. Yeah. And that was it. And I had never seen or read that quote before. And I've read a lot of Rumi quotes. So I feel like that was divinely inspired to be, you know, kind of the end, but also the beginning. Your work, it's already, it's so spirit inspired that I could see immediately. And then it just, when I, I read the quote, then that was it. Why would she pick this one? (laughs) That's it. That's my confirmation. If if I need one for the conditioned body, mind, ego needs one. (laughs) So beautiful. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Catherine, for being you. Yes. Oh no. And this has been so much fun. I can't tell you how much 
Uh, and you asked about freedom. I feel the freedom to express myself with you. So thank mm. you for creating that space. Oh, yeah, that's what we need. We need more of those space. Thank you for recognizing that too, because that's what I live for too, being open <laughs> mm -hmm. to life. So I have a few more questions. Before I ask those questions to you, would you like to add anything that you didn't remember to mention or read a passage in your book? Right. Um, I would like to read a passage yes. if, if we have time. Yes, yes, please. Okay. Um, Flo, the money tree, had to learn how to be a tree and also why people have so much many problems with uh, money. And she has various interactions with her first student, uh, who's named Camille. And so there's all these um, interactions between Flo and Camille. And this is one that I thought it might be helpful for uh, your audience to yes. hear. Yes. And this is Flo speaking. Mm -hmm. Remember, you don't see the ego's gains until you're outside of it and you can remain neutral as the observer. The ego's voice is very compelling because it knows exactly what to say to ignite your fears. And once you start down that path of listening to your ego, the connection to divine love is weakened. And sometimes you forget who you really are. And so I'm here to remind you who you really are. That's my whole goal in life. <laughs> yes, it can be felt. Thank you again, Catherine. Thank you. So my ending questions, I'll ask you this one. What do you love most about being in the human body or being the human body? Um, exploring all these different uh, ways of being conscious because consciousness is the new currency. And as you awaken and realize that you can expand your consciousness, the, the world falls down at your feet. <laughs> yes, so true. And it's, it's just, I can't, I can't explain it, but mm. you have to experience it. Yes, right. It's something that we need to experience, I agree, through practice, because we practice our way out of consciousness in a way. <laughs> well, we can't because we are consciousness, but there's the identification, the attention to certain things that keeps us away from it in a way. Of, well, not even away, but it uh, uh, keeps us, the body-mind, from, let's say, enjoying the benefits of mm -hmm. that freedom. That's what it is for me, has been. What is another word for life? What would you say, Catherine? Another word. Ooh, um, I love words. You know, that's from being a lawyer yeah. <laughs> and a writer. Yes. I just, I yeah. love words, and so I, I create with words, um, and I combine words together. So, um, real quick blurb: I'm writing a new book. And part of it, anyway, I won't go into it, but there's a word that kept coming up for me as I was, you know, organizing and writing. And that's called solergy, soul, S-O-U-L-E-R-G-Y, solergy, soul energy. So to me, life, there's, a, there's an energy that underlies all that we see with our physical senses. And we have that inside of us. And your soul is your source of unconditional love, S-O-U-L, source of unconditional love. So when you create from your solergy, from your soul, from your being, and allow that to come out, then your life is magical. And any obstacles or resistance you may feel, you'll recognize it because that resistance energy is so con so different from the solergy. Yes. 
Wow. Um, I could listen to you forever, basically. Oh. <laughs> it just feels so good because it, it's true. It resonates true. So the body, mind's like, wow, this is it. How come <laughs> somebody else knows this stuff? <laughs> Thank you so much, Catherine, again, for doing what you do, for being open to this beautiful inspiration that is existence and then everything else that's coming from it, which I can see it's almost like a flower. That's the image that comes to me listening to you, like this beautiful flower. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you so much again. And before we say goodbye for today, what is the best way to find more about you and your work? Um, just go to empoweredway.com. Yes. That's I the best way to find me. I do have the link here. So I'll have that on your podcast profile as well. Thank you so much again for your presence and we'll talk soon. Yes, thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Katherine Erickson and her work, please visit empoweredway.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.